Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. The key is to remain in Christ regardless of what's happening or what's going to happen to us in the coming days. And that's what Jesus is telling his disciples to remain in me. Uh, because if we remain in Christ, we're connected to that to that food source and the Holy Spirit, he uh, He produces fruit in us and through us. And like I said, the, the first thing that Paul mentions in Galatians 5.22 is it, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And so the Holy Spirit will help us love like Jesus loves if we let him. And again, it's a choice to remain or not remain, obey or be disobedient. But just remember that there are consequences to our choice if we do not remain in Christ. But there are also great blessings if we remain in Christ. And so I, I think it's imperative that we read 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter and I encourage you to read it over and over and over again because this is the commandment. When Jesus says, uh, do what I ask you to do, and, and people say all the time, uh, I don't know what God wants me to do. Jesus says, love people. Love God. Love people. And that's unconditionally. And so 1 Corinthians 13 is, is what we call the love chapter. And, and, and I want to read that to you. And, and I want to encourage you, like I said, to read this over and over and over again on your own time. But Paul says, If I speak with the tongues of mankind and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And I'm a drummer, so I, I know cymbals are very loud. And I know people complain about the drummer because it gets really loud. Even we at our church, we have a cage and microphones, and the drums can get really loud. And 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 when we hit those cymbals, you know, you could really get into it. And I, I know drummers who have cracked cymbals from hitting them so hard. And, and, and Paul says, it, it, look, I could speak with the tongues of mankind and I could speak with the tongues of angels. But if I don't have love, I, I'm like that drummer who is beating the crap out of his cymbal and, 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 and it's so loud. He said, that's all you are. If I don't have love then I'm just a, a noisy symbol. He says, if I have the guilt of prophecy and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. And I, I live in, in, in the foothills I, of the Appalachian Mountains. It, it, it is a beautiful area. I used to live and preaching in a church in Burnsville, North Carolina, right in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains. Mount Mitchell, the tallest mountain, uh, let's see, I guess it'd be east of the Mississippi. Uh, and then you had Rome Mountain, which is where we lived, at the foot of Rome Mountain. I believe that's the second tallest mountain east of the Mississippi River. It's a beautiful country. And, and I look at these mountains, and I, I, I hear what Paul is saying when he says, I, if I have the gift of prophecy and I know all mysteries and, and I have all knowledge and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. 
If I give away all my possessions to charity, and if I surrender my body so that, that, I, may, that I may glory, but I do not have love, it does me no good. You can take every penny out of your bank account and give it to all the homeless people that you want to. You can give it to any charity that you want to. But Paul says, if I don't have love, it doesn't do me any good. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. Love does not brag. Love is not arrogant. It does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit. Love is not provoked. It does not keep an account of wrong suffering. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth. It keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they'll be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it'll be done away with. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, and love remain, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And he just told us what love is. Love never fails. And that's what Jesus said. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And his command is love each other unconditionally. Let's take a break. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we will not love our own lives even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers, it strengthens, it encourages, and it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how he's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk, and you get to be a part of this movement too. I'll see you there. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends, and you're my friends if you do what I command. And as I said earlier, people say all the time, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, it's, it really is this simple. And Jesus, when that guy said he's trying to... Uh, trip up Jesus and he says uh, teacher what's the greatest commandment out of all the com commandments in the uh, mosaical law and Jesus said well you can boil it down to this love God with all your heart all your mind all your strength all, you know, all your stuff whatever and, and uh, he says but 
there's no one that's just as equal to it. The guy wasn't asking for that, but Jesus gave it to him. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And that love is unconditionally. So what does God want us to do? Well, he says it right here. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. And that's unconditionally. There is no greater love than to lay one's life uh, down one's life for one's friends. And you're my friends if you do what I command. And so he's going to finish uh, John 15, 18 through 27 and he, with these disciples uh, as he's preparing to go out to be crucified. And he says to them, he says, if the world hates you, I don't know why he says if, because the world's going to hate you. And he's going to tell them that here in just a second. But he says, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, they're going to persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates the Father. If I haven't done such miracles, uh, miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my Father. This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without a cause. But I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth, he will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. And so in the last few minutes of this podcast, I'm going to break these verses down here at the end of John 15. But I also want to encourage you before I do so, again, to read and reread and reread over and over again 1 Corinthians 13, which we call the chapter of love, because Paul says, without love, we're nothing. We're just making a bunch of noise. And it is crucial that we love God and love each other unconditionally. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 reminds us of what love is all about. And so let's break down uh, the end of, of John 15 here. Jesus says, I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. You know, I said uh, in a previous podcast that, that we have the choice to follow Christ. We have the choice to be obedient to God's will, and, and, and that's correct. But I also want you to understand that God, you know, God chose us first. In Romans 5, verse 10, Paul says that while we were, sin, uh, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So Paul says that Jesus died for us while we were enemies. You know, a lot of people say, well, I got to get my life uh, in better shape. I, I got to uh, get my life right before I can come to Jesus. No, that's not true. While you, uh, while you were an enemy to God, Christ died for you. Why would he do that? Because he loved you. He chose you. He wants you to live for Him. And so He died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And we can be reconciled. We can be made friends again with God through the death of Jesus Christ. Because He chose us. That's how much He loves us. He chose us even while we were enemies. He died for us. In Ephesians 8, uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians 3, verses 8 through 11. 
Paul says, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And so he gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasure available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. In verse 11 he says, This was the eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. God has been around for eternity. God knew that Adam and Eve were going, when he created Adam and Eve, before he ever created Adam and Eve, before he ever even created, created the world or anything, he knew that Adam and Eve were going to choose to sin. He knew that they were going to eat that fruit. And not that there's anything wrong with the fruit. It was, it was the eating of the fruit because God told them not to eat of that tree. But that's what they did. They made a choice to go and eat that fruit off of that tree. And they, their sin separated them. Their disobedience to God's word is the sin. And that sin separated them from God. And that's why they were able to know that they were naked. And what was the first thing that God did when he discovered that they were naked? And he knew that they were naked. And he called them out on it and made them explain to him uh, what had happened. And the first thing that he did was he killed an animal. And he took the skins of that animal and he made clothing uh, for Adam and Eve, which would be the very first sacrifice. And then from that point on, you have all these sacrifices that are made all throughout the Old Testament, all the way up until the, uh, to Christ being our Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul says, And Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice. Because if you, if you just took all the blood from every animal that was ever sacrificed before Jesus, all throughout the Old Testament, that blood never washed away one sin. It covered it. The priest would go in once a year on the Day of Atonement, and he would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat in the holiest of holies in God's presence, and then he would come out, and he would put his hands on a goat, and it was signifying the sins of Israel. And they would take that goat and, and, and out of the city and release the goat, and it was like releasing Israel's sins. Their sins were only covered. But Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and the blood that he shed, it washes away our sin. It, God forgives us as far as the east is from the west. And if you think about it, there, there's no stopping point. You know, if you're going north to south, you eventually get to a point to where you're either going to go, if you're traveling south, you're going to start going north again. If you're going north, you're going to eventually go south. But God forgives us as far as the east is from the west. It's continual. And it's through the power of the cross. It's what Jesus did for us on the cross. It was his eternal plan. And he chose us while we were enemies. Christ died for us. And that just shows you the goodness and the, uh, the grace and the mercy of God. Um. In 1 John 1, 7, it says, we are, If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. In Acts 17, 30, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now He commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to Him. Just like Jesus picked His 12 disciples to pour His life into, He is choosing you he's choosing me and so the question is are you going to choose him 
If you do choose to live for Christ, be prepared because the world will hate you because it will see Christ in you. It don't hate you. Jesus said it hates me. It hates the person who is inside of you. And that's the Holy Spirit and Christ and, and God the Father living inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the world will hate you because he has called you out from the world. But keep going because it's worth it in the end. The second thing in this passage, Jesus says, Since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. Now, I don't, I don't want anyone who hears this to be persecuted for their faith. But Jesus said to the disciples, it's coming, it's going to happen. Uh, we can see uh, all kinds of persecution and what happened to, to Christians throughout the, the ages and the years in the book of Martyrs. And you can see it in the book of Acts where James, you know, the, well, Peter and John are beaten and, uh, for their faith and they're told not to teach in the name of Jesus anymore, but yet they go out and do it anyway. James is beheaded. Peter was going to be next, but the angel uh, rescues him. Uh, Pete, you know, then uh, Saul, who later becomes Paul, was on the road to Damascus uh, and he was going there to persecute Christians. He was taking men and women and, and putting them in prison where some would uh, lose their life. Um, you know, and, and we don't really have persecution uh, to the extent that they had, uh, and, and they do have in other countries today. Here in the United States, well, I mean, we, we, we have been blessed, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, you know, it kind of seems like the way our society go, is going, that persecution may be on the rise. Um, I hope not, but uh, but what what is strange is uh, when the church was being persecuted, the church grew like crazy, and it's like when Constantine legalized Christianity and made it the the, the official religion of the Roman Empire, it just kind of slowed down and, and went all kind of uh, different ways. Um, but Jesus told them persecution's coming. And it's because of me. It's not because of anything you're doing. They don't hate you because of who you are. They hate me, and they hate the one who sent me. They hate the Father. And that's strong words. I just don't see how anybody can hate a man who died for their sins and has given them the opportunity to go to heaven. But we, we see it even in, in our world today, in our society today, how people rebel against God. They don't want to have anything to do with God. They don't even want God mentioned on, on our, our money or in our schools or anything. So over the past 20, 30 years, we've just tried to take God out of everything. And I, I just don't understand that. But Jesus says it's coming, and so be prepared. And it goes back to what he had just told them, to remain in his love. Uh, another thing, that, a third thing that he says to them here in this passage is, he says, if they had, talking about the world, if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. Um, I, I, I was servicing one of my convenience stores this week, and, and there was a, a street preacher out there, and he, he was just preaching away. And I, I stopped for a minute, and uh, well, I didn't stop. I was actually working. I was uh, getting ready to, to go into the store, and I was loading my, my product in my boxes and putting them on my, on my cart to take, them, take it into the store. And so I turned my headphones off. I turned my radio off and, and, and all my music, and, and I was just listening to hear what his message was. And his message was a good message. It, 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 it was a, a, a message of hope. And he even uh, used the word hope several times that I was listening. And he was talking about Jesus and how Jesus died for them. And, and here's the thing. Uh, I've heard a lot of street preachers. And the, 
99 out of 100 times, those street preachers are, are condemning people for you know everything under the sun. They're not preaching God's grace and mercy. They're preaching hellfire and brimstone. And I would make the comment, nobody's listening to you, dude. Because if, if I've heard of, I would be at a football game, and you know there's a, a lot of drinking going on and, and, and a lot of things going on at a football game. And, and and this preacher is preaching condemnation to these people because of what they're doing. And I'm thinking, nobody's listening to you because of what you're saying. First of all, you're not saying it out of love. You're, you're bashing these people. And they're here to have a good time. They're not listening to you. And that, that's why I wanted to hear this, this street preacher's message. I wanted to hear what he was saying and how he was saying it. And he had a great message. And it was not a message of condemnation. It was a message of love and hope. And I was I was really impressed. And and but I but I can only think you know, he's set up at this store and people are getting gas so they're only there for a couple of minutes or they're walking from their car to go into the store to buy something and they're coming back out of the store and getting in their car. And so they'll just hear a few seconds of what this guy's saying. They're not hearing his message in its entirety. So I wonder, you know, what good is he actually doing? And I don't mean to to, to say he's not doing any good because the, uh, the word of God does not go forth void. But they're not hearing the message. This guy was telling people about Jesus, but they were only just hearing it in parts of it. When he was, and I understand his heart, and I understand what, where he's coming from, and he's doing a great thing. But we have to, and this is why I try to stress in a previous podcast, it's our responsibility, responsibility to produce fruit, and the Holy Spirit does that through us. But it is so imperative that we share our faith with our family and our friends and with people we know who are lost because we can sit down with them if we would take the time and have the courage to do so to go one-on-one with them and tell them and show them in the Word of God about what Jesus has done and how He can save us. But Jesus says, hey, and, and this is one of the things that I used to struggle with, uh, is it doesn't matter how many people are listening and who are listening. It matters if we're telling or not. And don't be discouraged when it seems like nobody's listening. I know that there's preachers all around this world, and missionaries all around the world who get discouraged because it seems like their 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 message is going un, unnoticed or unheard, you know they're not being heard, and they put a lot of time and effort into what they're trying to say and the message that God has given them. But our job, our responsibility, is to plant the water to tell people about Jesus. It's God's responsibility to bring the increase. And so keep doing what you're doing. Keep telling people about the, the, the love that God has for them and how he died on the cross for their sins and he was resurrected that gives them hope. And the last thing I want to cover is what Jesus says. He says, They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be they would not be guilty if, if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. People are not rejecting you. People are rejecting Jesus who lives inside of you. They don't want to hear anything about God because God is light. Jesus was the light of the world, and light exposes. And when we shine the light of Jesus Christ on somebody who is living in the dark, it exposes their sin and they don't like what they see. And so they, they, they can either run away or they can say, how do I fix this? 
And we hope and pray they say, how do, how do I fix this? And then that gives you the opportunity to share Jesus with them. But don't be discouraged if the world hates you. Jesus says, it hated me first. And, there, and you will be hated if you're living for me. And then I'll end with John uh, 15, the words of Jesus. And he says, this fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without a cause. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. And here's what I want to encourage you with. Remain in Jesus, love like Jesus, and share Jesus. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Grind It podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, love.